Welcome to Code Splitters Podcast. I'm Paul. I'm Mikkel. And I'm Kevin. Right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Code Splitters. This is the big 2-0. This is episode 20 um, in our wildly irregular schedule here. <laughs> um, but that's what happens when uh, when there's kids and sickness and vacations and skiing, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, but it's uh, it's nice to have the trio back together. We've had a few guests on the last few times, uh, but now we have Mikkelbeck. Um, Nickelback. Hello. Nickelback. <laughs> I was, I was just reminiscent there. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what have you guys been up to since last time? It's been a while this time, actually. Uh, yeah. What about you, Mikkel? You've, you haven't been on for a while now. Uh, no, I, I missed one episode, but I, it's good to be back uh, talking to you guys. Um, so, but I have been, I've been out skiing since last time. So uh, we went to uh, Norway, uh, me and the, and the family. So uh, that was uh, really great. Um, so an awesome experience and a lot of nice snow and, and great weather. So yeah, fun days. So yeah. Yeah. Norway hasn't been hit too much by the, uh, because I, I remember like at the start of the skiing season, like it was like in, in France and stuff like that. It's like, Oh, we have no snow. It's, it's, you know, like it's, it was very bad for the season. Like I, Norway mm. was fine. It was fine. There was a lot of snow and there was uh, like one of the days it snowed uh, all day and all night. So when we, uh, got up uh in the morning there was like uh, about 20 centimeters uh of just uh, powder so it was almost like uh doing off pist uh, like on on the pist so or on the yeah so that, that was really fun that was that was great so the the kids were really uh, having fun so uh, i could so, imagine so i would too <laughs> that's cool so so n- yeah. no coding or anything like that Meg. you've been very busy i know but but you haven't touched anything uh yeah i've been starting to uh like uh, I, I i haven't been doing a lot of code lately actually but uh i still uh, follow along as as good as i can um so uh, but it's been a lot of um yeah different uh different things uh other than than coding that i've been spending my time on so but uh, it's good to be good to 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 be back with you guys to talk about some some tech and some code maybe. Oh, and we have a lot. Um, but first, before that, what about you, Kevin? Anything exciting? Uh, no, a lot of sickness, as you mentioned. Uh, <laughs> I think the the ski trip wasn't at fault at all for having no episode. It was mostly me being sick. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think me and. My wife and the kids have been sick on and off for the past three weeks or so. There was always one that was sick. Um, so that was uh, exciting. <laughs> um, as exciting as that can be. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it was going around a lot. Um, so, yeah, apart f- it's mostly that. Uh, apart from that, I haven't really done anything. <laughs> um, and, yeah. It's good awesome. to see that you're still alive. I am still alive, so that's great. <laughs> yeah. yes. You look yeah, a bit cloudy, but that might be the webcam. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. I also got a really strong uh, coughing syrup yesterday, and uh, the woman at the pharmacy was like, "This is a really, this is the strongest one we have, so it's it's gonna make you a bit drowsy, so you can drive afterwards." Oh. I'm like, "Wow, it's just a coughing <laughs> syrup." 
Uh, and but yeah, I took I took it when I got home, and yeah, like two hours later, I was like almost falling asleep. <laughs> is that is that the um, because there is a very famous one here in Denmark, which is I think I'm gonna try and, and do the English pronunciation here: Norwegian breast drops, which sounds very horrible. Norske brystdropper. Um, but it's not that I, I guess. Then. I don't know. Okay, because that's is. very, it's a, like licorice taste, but it's no, insanely it's, strong. It's not, a, I, had, I had a licorice tasting one last time. Okay. Um, yeah. But she was just like, uh, this one is not placed, uh, based on uh, on uh, like plant ingredients, mm, or okay. say, uh, yeah, plant ingredients like the other. So this one actually works. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, okay, <laughs> state, statement there from a pharmacy. <laughs> Um, and uh, yeah but it it does work I gotta give her that (laughs) not to say that the others wouldn't have but uh, it is working Um, so yeah apart from that uh, not too much we're uh, we're actually planning to go on vacation next week for a week Uh, so we hope all the sickness is over Um, it should be fingers crossed yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah Easter vacation yeah I'm skipping that this time around um, to save up some of the the days. Uh, but yeah, um, I think for me actually, uh, I'll start out with the uh, with like project wise is because I've been and I think if there are resident listeners here, I'm on I'm the Angular guy uh, on the Angular project here. Um, but I'm for the first time in five years doing another project at the company, um, which is also Angular. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about broadening your horizons. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's just another Angular project. No, no, it's really cool to to be working uh, alongside some of our other colleagues uh, on this project. It's just nice to see something new, albeit same framework, but but still something new, right? It's you know, it's fun to see how other teams um, work with the same framework, right? They can be so different. So so that's pretty cool. So it's just been like the last week I've been onboarded and, and started working on it. So that's pretty cool. Um, Apart from that, like like we haven't had as much sickness as you had, Kevin. I I, I think I was the only one down at ours. Um, and then I've started reading up on my pizza book just to bring that topic back. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I I, <clears throat> I think it was like the weekend before, two weeks ago or something. Like I visited my brother, and he had made like he had spent an entire week. Um, he's home on a paternity leave. He spent an entire week um, getting a pizza dough ready for it. And while he doesn't have like the cool pizza oven or anything like that. The dough was so good, like the pizzas we made, even though just in their oven. So that really got me, like, kicked it off for me, got me inspired. So I actually have a dough, um, which is what do you call it? It's proofing, whatever proofing. No, can't remember. Um, but it's, it's just sitting there in the fridge now um, um, to 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 be there for I think up to seven days. So um, so so that's cool. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, the weather these days, though, is not for outdoor pizza making, but. Uh, you know, it'll come. It'll come. We're looking forward to it. I think my son said, "Like Dad, it's almost summer, so I remember we can eat pizza every day." I'm like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we didn't do it every day last summer. We did it a lot, but not every day. <laughs> you you just need an umbrella, then then you can do it every day, right? That's true, though. Yeah, I, I guess I could do it in in, uh, in 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 the in the garage. We've done that before as well. So there, there's really no excuse. It's just like it's still a little cold and damp outside. But yeah. <laughs> But if you want yeah. pizza. <clears throat> That's true, and we do want pizza. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um <Cool. clears throat> 
sorry. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that, that's that's that. So I I brought a few topics for us to talk about this time around. Uh, we have a returning segment this time around. So uh, let's kick it off. What's new in WebKit and or Safari or WebKit slash Safari? Um, like, as as we said, it's been a while since we recorded our last episode, so I might have skipped a few things here, but there are actually a lot of cool things out in Safari now. Um, historically, it has been bashed upon a little for its uh, support of progressive uh, web applications like Chrome and, and the others have been far ahead in that. Um, and we're not going to go into the nitty-gritty of... Um, of all the all the stuff there about it being competition to the app store and stuff like why it's been like that but we're finally getting web push and batching for uh, for iOS which is pretty cool so web push is um, just like you know native applications can send you push messages of like you know hey there's a new message in the you know messenger or yeah news or whatever stuff like that uh, now PWAs can actually do that also only if they're installed, of course, not just in the browser. So a web page cannot just send you uh, stuff like like you actually can on, on desktop if I remember correctly. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, alongside that, um, third-party browsers can now do the PWA install as well. They initially couldn't. Like if you wanted to install uh, a PWA uh, on an iOS device, you needed to use the Safari browser, which was a little odd since the other browsers are just skins on top of Safari, but it's there now. And then there's a slew of other things related to, um, to to those web APIs. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that actually, that you can, uh, was that in the latest uh, version? Yeah, that I think it's 16.4. Uh... Yeah, yeah, okay. 16.4. So, do you, um, so, but 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 that's the Safari release, but that opens up for other browsers too. For example, Chrome. So you can yeah. on an iOS device in Chrome install a, a PBA. Yeah, exactly. It's probably just mm. been something private. Uh, I guess that they just opened yeah. up. Uh, um, yeah, exciting stuff. That's actually quite a big thing uh, because uh, it really is. Yeah, because I, I have been investigating a little bit, uh, like. Some time ago, and uh, it was one of the things that really was like important. That uh, like because if you're using Chrome or, I guess maybe most users are using Safari anyway, like uh, normal uh, or like uh, standard users. But um, but it was a, quite a big thing, I think. So yeah, exciting. Yeah, because you're pretty much locking out your users, like because they don't know that they can install the uh, like. If you mention it somewhere on a web page or whatever, and they're like, "Yeah, but you have to go over to the Safari to do that." That's a little odd as well, right? Yeah, Um, and I think there there are maybe some. uh, I seem to remember there is some kind of third-party library or something that you can install, and and it will show you a widget like like a sort of like uh, sort of like an install. uh, How to install? Like, yeah, go to Safari, and then it will point down to the to the sharing button and then you need to press the add to home screen so it's it's not that intuitive i would say and oh yeah that's true uh, yeah 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 you're right yeah it's not very visual um no so which i'm guessing it is on android yeah yeah i guess uh, android it it promotes it pretty rarely or like pretty much right because it will show you this banner like you can actually install this website sort of um so 
Kevin is nodding, yeah. The uh, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Android guy. Um, the expert. Yeah, it pops up like an almost full screen, bam, almost like a toast message looking thing at the oh. bottom. And then you just press the button and that's it. Yeah, that's so much easier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would use more PWAs on iOS if it was like that. Because, that's, of course, you know, I'm a bit more technical and stuff like that. So I know if there's things that I can install. Like I used a Twitter PWA for a while as well and stuff like that. Um, but it's just so annoying having to install them like that. And, and then there were sync issues and, and other things back then. But, it, mm. it, you know, hopefully it's better now. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to to look uh, to to investigate that a bit to see how how that will actually work. If it's uh, still if it still says like add to home screen in Chrome and, and so on, if there's yeah. something there. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and mm. and uh, alongside that, we are getting like the screen wake lock API, screen orientation API, user activation API as well, um, which work. Pretty well in tandem with PWAs. Um, screen orientation, I think, says it all right. You, know, you get a notification when the user changes the screen orientation if you want to, you know, rearrange things in your app depending on the orientation of the screen. Um, wake lock is uh, for you know preventing the device from going to sleep or dimming the device and stuff like that. Uh, like some apps have, like you know, if you're watching YouTube or Netflix or stuff, it, it won't go into sleep mode. Um, uh, and now PWAs can do that as well. There, it's been on Android for a while. Um, and user activation as well. I didn't know about this API. I was like at first, I was like, what is this user activation? Um, but that's like if a user has interacted with your app. Um, and they go out of the app and then back into it, then you can actually listen and say, oh, yeah, the user had this active before, you know, like sort of like saying, okay, it's active again. So if you had video playing, you can pause and resume and stuff like that based on the, oh. like if the application is active or not. Um, so, yeah. so you don't have to reload the page, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. you can sort of pick up where oh. you where you were before. Like, like okay. say you had a timer running. Not that yeah. I guess that would make sense to have that running all the time, but but you know, just for for examples, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah <clears throat> that's nice. Also, like for for a native app on iOS, at least, then you if you if you exit the app, it will sort of like just pause the entire app, uh, and then you when you open it back up, it will just resume. So I guess that's probably the same, maybe. Yeah, it's akin to that at least. Yeah, yeah. There are yeah. probably some 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 other things there, but but yeah, mm. something like that. So so that's pretty cool. Uh, the, cool. Yeah, yeah. And then in also, the uh, oh yeah, sorry, go ahead, me. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, it's just you mentioned the the web push. I think that that's uh, that's also a pretty big deal. Uh, I would say very big, um, yeah. Because uh, that's sort of the, the thing that you haven't been able to do before in a PVA. Uh, on iOS, at least, uh, with the with the notifications, uh, and that's also one of the things that that is different from a native app, right? Uh, and a PBA. So that might also yeah. be something that can close the gap. I think so. Yeah, it's been like a blocker. Like if if you had a like if, say you were a company that you know have have betted big big on on PWAs, right? Because they can do pretty much everything you need for for basic things and and even more advanced things now, right? Um, but you still had that blocker on ios that you know you couldn't send notifications you wouldn't get a batch on the app icon or something like that if there were new you know notifications or anything that you sort of needed to be aware of uh, you're sort of locked out of that right so so would you do that for android only and you know like i, I think it it's very hard ux wise to develop around that so so this hopefully will uh, will you know make that a lot easier instead of having to do different things across devices 
Um, yeah. So, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, let's Thanks for see. the update, Paul. That was awesome. <laughs> you're you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> there were a few other things, uh, like a, a small thing here as well, like the declarative shadow DOM is actually available in WebKit now as well. Um, so that is like, again, declaring shadow DOM declaratively so that you mark uh, HTML elements and say, you know, like this is shadow DOM. So this is, um, if I remember correctly, is is like really good if you want to, if you want to stamp out and, and like your server side render stuff, uh, because you know the shadow DOM wouldn't initialize on server, you couldn't build it there before. But now with declarative shadow DOM, you actually can. And the only browser not implementing it yet or haven't implemented it yet is actually Firefox. They're the ones behind on this one. I don't know why. Maybe they're blockers or anything like that. But it's just when I looked at the uh, can I use, they they weren't on it. Um, actually, I saw a tweet from someone. I think it was. Todd model maybe like like men mentioning this with the that is 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 becoming like a the new trend that Mozilla Firefox is is, is the one being behind on on stuff that's uh, quite funny that <laughs> first it was IE and then it was uh, WebKit uh, or iOS for a while Safari and then now maybe it, it's becoming uh, Firefox so it's a bit yeah it's a little. That's a funny shift, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Al- alongside declarative shadow DOM, we have element internals as well. Um, and for ag- again, this is like internal API stuff um, when you're working with you know the component class of web components. But um, and I should have probably had some more notes on this. But but if you want to use like if you want to um, include your web components like in form elements and stuff like that, um, uh, the form participation API, I think it's called, and that sort of worked off of element internals. And the same with some accessibility stuff that's coming as well. So it's like opening up for that, um, um, where you can declare these directly on the element, uh, like ARIA or, or yeah, you know, accessibility attributes, etc. Stuff like that. Uh, I'm not sure that those parts are part of this, or this is just like the base, the elemental internals. Which, yeah, but anyways, that's that's there as well now. That's pretty cool that they're following up on that. Um, web components are becoming increasingly more powerful, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, I think the, yeah, the server-side then, rendering yeah. of web components is really, really nice. That is that, that, is, that is becoming a, a thing. Um, a lot of people have, have been wanting that for a long time. So, that's yeah, cool. I remember. Yeah, I think it's like like is it is it a year ago? Is it just half a year ago? I can't remember. But Twitter was all over with you know like the whole you know like, oh web components versus frameworks and all that sort of stuff. You know, yeah. like, th- those conversations will always be there, and that's fine. Um, but like, like, like the turning point there as well was like, yeah, but when it comes to like server side rendering, yada, 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 um, then, and, and indeed, you know, it, it was a very different story for web components there. Um, but now that they're almost there with it, something, you know, like enabling it, like I'm not hearing as much about it anymore. Like the web shifts pretty fast. And then I don't know, I don't know if it's the thing right now, but server side rendering is, is not the big talk right now, at least I don't know, it goes up, up and down. But uh, I think it helps with the like making it more and more uh, usable uh, in more contexts. So um, yeah, definitely uh, server-side rendering is something that is really really important. So uh, yeah, I think it's really nice. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Really is. Uh, and the last thing I noted down here, which I think, and that's a, actually a very small thing, right? But it's just like a thing of annoyance. 
like when you had an outline, you know, like the browser usually puts an outline around buttons, et cetera, and stuff like that. When you tap to them, like the focus outline, um, the browser has their default styles. But if you change those styles of the outline, then if you had a, you know, a button with rounded corners using border radius, then the outline would still be square. It wouldn't follow the actual curvature of your border radius. They fixed that now. So it actually does when you have an outline. <laughs> and it's such a small thing, but it's such a nice thing as well that it is there. I could imagine uh, our resident CSS guy here, uh, Kevin Tailwind um, would like that as well. Uh, yeah, it's cool. I usually uh, disable outline use box shadow instead because it fixes a lot of those things uh, like that uh, and some other stuff. Um, Does Tailwind reset actually uh, remove the outline uh, like for default or is that something that you manually do? That is a very good question. They have the, they have the, they recommend using the, or at least for now, maybe they'll change now. Uh, they have these ring utilities, they call it, which is basically, they look like outlines, but they're made from box shadow wow. instead. Uh, so they okay. usually use those for like focus dates and stuff. Um, I'm sure it's because they had issues with yeah. stuff like rounded corners and maybe some other. Some other things. So I usually use those, but I can't remember if I had to manually disable the outline. Okay. Uh, I guess they don't. That wouldn't make sense to put that in a reset, right? Because then I'm, on default, you wouldn't have any focus dates. Oh, I'm thinking maybe there's something around accessibility if you remove the outline. Yeah. But but of course, yeah, if you very have much so. like a fallback, if you have something else that works for everyone, then fine. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Just but put red borders around everything. Uh, yeah, red border. <laughs> <laughs> red border, everything. Yes. Yes. But isn't isn't that like the CSS debugging thing? Like people always suggest. I see them come up from time to time. Like how you can debug and say, you know, if you want to see if things are out of flow or margins and padding, like just add a red border, just because it springs out, so it's so easy mm. to see in your application uh, when you're missing yeah. stuff. There's some pretty pretty cool ways of doing that. There are also some uh, some things you can do around like uh, debugging your stuff for either like missing attributes like a uh, alt attribute for images or yeah or, i think that's the one i'm thinking about other yeah. things like uh, if you're missing stuff in your html then you can put in some uh, like some rules and then you, it will highlight the, the the stuff that is missing those and that's pretty nice um yeah so i, have, I, have I think that's the one i was thinking about yeah that's pretty cool mm, yeah. yeah cool <clears throat> awesome awesome well, I think I think that pretty much covers like at least what I had noted up down about what's you know new and, and coming in Safari. And I think uh, I, I think you touched upon it a little bit there that Firefox is behind on a few things. Now I don't think it'll go up and down. I'm not going to be the one to say that they're the new, you know, <laughs> the new WebKit, the new IE or whatever, um, because it goes back and forth uh, yeah. from time from time to time. Um, you know, so there's that. But I think it's pretty cool that we're getting all these like PWA related things. Uh, they're really closing a gap that has been there for a while now. Then we'll see if the implementation is solid or what it is, because as when PWAs became a thing on iOS, like they were still pretty bug written and didn't work as well as they did on Android. So so let's you know, fingers crossed that this will be good. <laughs> but we'll take it from there and and see, right? I don't think we have any PWAs that we're working on or our colleagues right now or anything like that. So I don't, it's not like we're, we're affected by it, but, but you know, no. 
it would still be nice to know that it was working if we were ever going to. I think if if the support gets better uh, on iOS, then it's probably something we'll do do more of, because that's uh, like that, that that's usually the the showstopper if if iOS or Safari on iOS doesn't support something. Yeah, because that is the engine that runs all the browsers on iOS. So exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's a, a whole other mountain to to climb. That one, I know that people yeah. are wanting you know third party on there for a while now. I, yeah. We'll see if it eventually comes, yeah. if ever. <laughs> I've oh. heard uh, talks about that, like uh, if it will ever come, or if it's a good idea, or like uh, pros and cons for for how it is now and how it should be maybe. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of opinions there and. Yeah. yeah. There are no opinions on the internet at all. You should know that, Mickey. <laughs> Everybody agrees. <laughs> uh, only rights and wrongs. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to jump over into our, our next segment here. Uh, we're going to talk about a topic that no other podcast has covered the last few weeks at all. <laughs> which is also a huge lie, uh, but we're going to talk about AI. I think it's very state of mind right now. It's it's popping up everywhere. Um, like uh, like after the chat GPT-3, 3, 3.5, 3.5, I can't remember, um, you know, when that sort of blew, blew, blew up the internet. Um, and then from there, it's just pretty much taken on. Uh, like I think Mark, Microsoft really started that and now everyone else is jumping, jumping aboard as well. Um, and while there is a general use case for a lot of these things, like it's very much conversational now with ChatGPT, I think we've had GitHub Copilot for a while. I actually can't remember how old it is, but it's been there for a while. But that one is getting enhanced now as well and then all the other applications. So I figured we could talk a little bit about, because we're not going to go in and talk about, you know, like what is this AI? Uh, I think, you know, others cover that much better than we do, but we could talk a little bit about... Um, like, have we used it, you know, as a, you know, as an assistant, if you may, like in, in, in programming tasks and, and what our experiences have been with that? Because I know Kevin have used it and I know I've used it as well, of course. I actually don't know, Miguel, if you've played around with it, uh, Copilot in the past or any of the new ones now. Um, I haven't, uh, I haven't tried Copilot actually, uh, but I have uh, played a little around with the uh, chat GBT. Um, I've used it for a few few things and also just tested it out you know so uh, a little bit so yeah that's pretty cool what yeah. about you yeah uh, so i think me, me and kevin have actually talked a little bit like like on and off like over the last few months about it i think from when chat gpt came out like just some jokingly made some things there as well but i think we quickly got to a point where like you know like, you know, normal JavaScript-y stuff, uh, the things that you always Google, <laughs> slice or splice and all that sort of stuff, remember? But, but uh, or if you want to do sorting functions and stuff like that, you know, trying to use ChatGPT for that. Um, and that might sound silly and stuff like that, but it's really, really good. And I think, and I sort of forgot that at first, but it's conversational, right? So it has that context. So even if it puts out some code, it's not just a prompt and you can use that or, you know, fire and forget. You can actually tell it, you know, that's cool, but... But, you know, uh, uh, this input here is actually a number, you know, like it can never be a string or whatever and stuff like that. And it'll actually update and change the code based on on your input, like like you're having a conversation with another developer, more or less. And I think that's really groundbreaking. That's the cool thing. Uh, I've used it for, 
mocking data for tests. I've used it for trying to write tests for simple functions and stuff like that. Um, I would still need to verify it, of course, but but I, it's been saving me time in that regard. And I think it's the same for you, Kevin, right? You know, like as an assistant sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, when I started playing around with it, when it was the big hype, it was also mostly like joking around and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> like most people did, I think. But then I actually got to a point where it I went there first before going to like Stack Overflow or something to find something. Um, I think it's it's what you say. It's that uh, more personalized answer it gives you because Stack Overflow is always someone else asking uh, when you look around and they have a specific problem and then other people are like, you can solve this like that. But if your problem is slightly different, you still have to adapt it and, and stuff like that. And I think that's that's where uh, where AI is really, really cool. Uh, as you said, I've, I've tried uh, also just for fun, but I, I've tried saying it like, hey, can you write me a modal component in Vue or something? And yeah, it did that. It was like 90% perfect, I think. Uh, would make some small adjustments, but it was really good. Uh, but the cool thing was that I was like, I started out with, can you write me a modal component in Vue 3? And then it gave me all the basics and the modal opens and closes, great. And I was like, okay, that's cool, but can you do it in a composition API instead? Uh, and then it did that. And then I said, okay, can you have TypeScript support now? Okay, sure. And then it did that. And then, I, okay, and can you add like a focus trap and blah, 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 and uh, the other accessibility stuff? And it's like, yeah, sure. And then a minute later, I had this full-blown modal component with everything that I usually put in a modal component. And again, it was like 90 plus percent, I think, like as I would use it uh, with some small adjustments. Mm. And of course, that is a very generic component that everyone kind of knows how it should work. So it's not that specific, but it's still really cool, I think, um, that it can just do that and then get you. I could just copy paste that and then add my own styling and maybe some minor updates here and there if I don't like and the variable names it used or something, you just update that and it was pretty much uh, ready to go. Um, hmm. Stuff like that where you, you can't really, <clears throat> on Stack Overflow, you get, you know, someone has a specific problem and then he gets a specific answer for that. Um, and then that's kind of it. So it it, it it kind of replaced that for me that I, I try to go there first now and ask, like, can you just solve this for me? And then maybe I go to Stack Overflow afterwards. Um, and as you said, also for things like like kind of basic uh, JavaScript things, as as you guys might know, I'm really bad with like array and object uh, stuff in JS. I always have to look it up and and remind myself. It's like how do I <laughs> do sort sort filter join reduce all those? I always get confused. Um, and uh, yeah, I just uh, give it a piece of code and. And uh, it's like, can you? This array needs to output this, and then it just gives me that. Um, that's really cool. Um, I have also tried once regarding that that I wrote my own, like, uh, yeah, not that great code to like do some array uh, management, I guess you can say, or uh, manipulation. And I wrote a, like it had a couple of functions uh, where it, yeah, did some some stuff. Uh, and then I was like, this looks ugly. This can probably be a lot better. So I just copied like 20 lines of code and threw it in there and say, can you just optimize this for me? And uh, yeah, it did. <laughs> and it was a lot better than what I wrote. 
Um, so just little <laughs> things like that, I think it's the best for. Um, I'm not going to say, and I don't want to start getting into the, is it going to write websites for us soon? But the, the little stuff where it's like, can you optimize this? Can you help me write a function that does this specific thing? I think it's really, really good at. And it gives you, and then you can even say like, okay, call the function name this or write it in this way. And uh, yeah, write it in TypeScript instead and blah, blah, blah. And it'll just update the answer. And that's what you miss from Stack Overflow. You might find a really good answer on someone doing something, but then you're like, okay, but I use TypeScript, so I have to kind of migrate it and, and add add the types to it. And then maybe other stuff will break and then blah, blah, blah. And you have to still have to build it yourself. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my adventure going from being a, a bit of a meme and playing around with it to like actually starting to use it uh, <laughs> almost every day. Um, I think code code is where it's best at, I think, in general, because it's very input-output, I think, is where, where they're just really good at. Um, and pretty up-to-date, like when I asked about the Vue 3 composition API stuff, and it, it just uh, knows all that. Uh, that's the benefit of like us as developers jumping onto these sort of things, like you know, like AI and and, and stuff like that. You know, upfront, like we're giving, we're we're supplying a lot of data to learn on. So I, again, I don't know how their models work, but I would assume that has something to do with you know the knowledge available uh, as well. Um, um, like you know. And and there's been a lot of posts about um, and uh, articles, especially now because it's blowing up. But also from non-tech people, etc. Like here are twenty jobs that can be replaced by yeah, yada yada stuff like that. And 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 you know, take these with a grain of salt. Uh, um, you know, not that I am like you know, don't go to me to be like and, and you know, I, I told you so, or whatever in the future, uh, because you know, maybe some things will change. Um, but it's still not. Uh, as far as I, you know, from my point of view, it's not sentient, right? It's not gonna, you know, think of anything out of nothing, right? Um, um, and and also, I think, and that's I'm, uh, taken out of the context there as well, is that I think one of the jobs it said that it could replace was like being a teacher, and I was like. Hmm. I think my brother, who's a, a teacher in elementary school, has a thing or two to say about that. Because one thing, it, it might be able to teach a kid, you know, like math, simple math or whatever like that. But there's so much more to teaching, you know, like all the, you know, like shaping a human being, like, you know, helping them actually grow and, and develop and stuff like that. I don't think, I honestly don't think any AI can can do anything like that. Um, um, so again, all these articles, grain of salt, like it is with everything, you know, like when something blows up, there's going to be a lot of, I guess misinformation, but also a lot of you know, you know, you know, just guesses, guesstimates, and and, and stuff like that uh, as well. Uh, um, because as you say, Kevin, like, could it build an entire website? I actually think it can. I think I saw uh, uh, you know examples uh, of it. Uh, a guy who uh, like I think he spent like an hour or two and something like that, and they built an actual iOS application that works, like showing like the five top movies this month or whatever stuff like that um and he said like you know he had to prompt it he had to tell it you know like oh there's an error here and it would actually he said it was very funny it was very apologetic and be like oh yeah sorry there's you know i'll fix this error and stuff like that uh, which is cool because again that it's like you're talking to a junior developer right um um, but having it do that and be an assistant to us i think it's very important so i don't think it's going to replace my job like in the near future but I am at that point where I'm like, I, I better damn well learn about using these tools again to be more productive because I think that's where it's a 
huge benefit to us as developers. Um, and again, Mikkel, you said you haven't used it as as much as, as me and Kevin and stuff like that. But I would urge you to you know just test it out. I know you haven't been coding much lately, and I, I guess it can't help too much with managerial tasks. But <laughs> um, but but it really no, is but- like it's uh, groundbreaking. I think. Yeah, but but I I have been using it for like uh, like asking questions about can you explain this topic to me for example just for testing. Oh it yeah, like can you tell me the the pros and cons on on this uh, technology or something like that? And, and it was actually pretty good, you know, it was uh, it was fine. Um, so and it, it was I guess it's probably in many cases it 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 would, it would be faster than googling because you would have to go to different sites and back to Google and, and read a lot and it will it will so likes it gathers a lot of the important stuff for you and and uh, puts it in bullet points or so sort of like so it's it's really uh, really really nice um, so I have been played around and so far I think it was really good um, so I think uh, so far I think it's <laughs> it's a it's a better googling experience uh, and then of course there is uh, because I I actually also used it for something that was uh, <laughs> some uh, like uh, what can you call it? It was like uh, I needed to to uh, what is the difference between these two uh, courts? Like uh, mm-hmm. yeah, how how are those different and what what are they used for and so on? So and that was also really really good. Uh, so but but I think the 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 programming part is where it's really really good because also. Uh, there is a tons of examples and documentation on programming language and best practices and blog posts around how to do stuff. Uh, so, of course, it's really good at that. Um, so, I think we are also lucky that <laughs> that, uh, that there's a lot of information about that. Um, yeah. But uh, I was also I listened to uh, to some podcast and the, they like talked about the some some issues also because it's it's still new and it's not perfect yet of course but but yeah, it was exactly. kind of kind of interesting actually with the with using like uh, voice AI uh, sort of like oh, uh, instead yeah. of instead of uh, instead of typing like uh, like taking the voice and making it to text and giving that to the AI. Um, it was that was kind of interesting because all all of that is uh, like most of the voice stuff is based around uh, young people and uh, white males usually. So, yeah. like if you if you have a, a dialect or if you don't speak perfect English, uh, uh, then it's it, it can be really hard for the AI to understand what you actually mean. Uh, so it will be instead of if, if it's if it it's if it's us talking then maybe it's like nine out of ten that's correct but if it's some um, some older or from like uh, another country or like you know with some dialect uh, then it will probably be maybe three out of ten or something that's correct so that's uh, there is some accessibility accessibility uh, issues around it uh, but but hopefully that will be fixed um but i think i just thought that will, that is it's interesting to to know about yeah i think ai in general is just going so fast uh i just want to sidetrack very quickly from from the web for just one what? second i just thought <laughs> what there's other stuff than web uh, but just for ai in general something that kind of blew my mind i saw recently uh, I don't know. It's it's regarding like a video game development, 
I guess it can be used somewhere else as well in maybe like animation movies and stuff. But I remember seeing some showcase of, um, you know, in a lot of like, especially video games, I guess, or also animation, animated movies, uh, not animated movies, I guess, more like motion captured uh, ah, yeah. kind of thing. So uh, you used to have actors, you know, motion capture their face and then they had to act the whole thing, right? And then like just like an acting job, really. Um but I, I saw some, and I don't know who it was. I should have, I should look that up. Um, they made like an yeah an AI program where you basically just you could even use it. They they showcase it literally with an iPhone in front of someone's face, and they would just act with their face for like two minutes, just showing the AI like this is what I look like when I'm sad and angry and blah blah blah. It just took two minutes, and then they processed it in another like two minutes. And then they could make it act any scene they want. Um, wow. Because the AI now knows the face and it knows the like expressions and it could just, they could just, they didn't have to act anymore. They could just write the whole game almost. And then just like AI would take care of uh, all the face, exp- facial expressions and things like that. It was insane. Um, so it's just moving so fast. Um, and yeah, to go back to the web, because uh, you, you mentioned <laughs> Googling Mikkel, and that's another thing uh, that I just thought about, which I, I'm starting to find pretty interesting, is that uh, Microsoft Bing has, and they have now confirmed it as well, a couple of weeks back, that they're using uh, ChatGPT4 uh, uh, for their Bing uh, uh, search service, which is really interesting because... Bing is, I don't know anyone who uses Bing, everyone. It's a like, running joke. <laughs> yeah, like looking something up in the internet, you, you literally say, I'm going to Google it, right? You don't say, I'm going to search for it. You say, I'm Googling it. Um, but Bing in it. If, <laughs> but if, if they're going to uh, attach it to GPT-4, I'm like, could, could that be the comeback for Bing in some way? Uh, I know Google is working mm-hmm. on their own thing now as well, um, where they want, of course, they need to catch up uh, where they... They're going to have some AI hooked up to Google. But um, that's, that's quite interesting that Microsoft has, has uh, the most popular one, at least right now. And 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 maybe people actually start using uh, using Bing, Bing again just for that reason. Um, because it is really powerful and it's a lot more... It's going to give you much better and personalized results to what you're actually looking for. And I guess you can... I guess with that technology, you can, instead of Googling something and then you get the results and then maybe you have to look down the page or multiple pages. For, no one uses multiple pages further, but you know, no. you, have to, you have to look, <laughs> look for a while to find what you need. Uh, maybe you can actually ask it follow up questions because it remembers your, you know, your train of thought and you can actually say like, okay, that didn't really work. Uh, I need this instead. And you can actually like, instead of just one, search query you can actually have a little conversation and give it exactly what you need um so that, that could be uh i don't know if bing will uh will actually uh make a comeback <laughs> in some way that's interesting uh, i think uh, like google is using ai already in their google search uh, a lot of it but i think they have just not had the conversational part of it and maybe yeah. they haven't had that because people maybe wasn't ready for it so maybe now with ChatGPT, now they can actually enable that also, uh, or go go that way because maybe people before was maybe like, hey, that's that's I'm not confident with that. I I don't want to talk 
to you. Or, or I want to check, uh, chat with you, Google. Uh, just give me my results. Um, <laughs> so may, maybe things have changed now. So people are more used to the AI being something you can chat with. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think Microsoft has definitely started something. They commercialized it, right? They they started the conversation. You know, the funny part here, but that this really is. I, th- I think you're right, Megan. That when I Google something, because I've actually tried the Bing search. I don't know if you have. Uh, I, I tried it. I, I mm. you know have access to it and stuff like that, and it's cool and all. I think. Um, the issue, Kevin, is that while that is cool in Bing, I think Google is still the king of data. So, you know, Google search-wise, they just have a lot more to go on than Bing has. So in, in that regard, I think Bing is years behind. Um, but it's it's a pretty cool way of doing it. I mean, I mean, it's like, especially we were searching for like, you know, can you suggest me, uh, you know, like uh, five dinners for next week or whatever and stuff like that. And they would actually, you know, find put together something pretty cool and then actually reference the pages like, uh, uh, you know, like here are the recipes and stuff like that. And I think that, that was pretty cool having the conversation like that. I think for my wife, that would work pretty well, like with the way she searches for things, you know, as opposed to with the way I use Google to search for things, right? So I think it's, yeah. it's, it requires a different mindset or a different way of communicating what you're looking for specifically. Um, and that's cool. But yeah, I think they're all integrating it into these tools right now. And and then, you know, I think we need to, <laughs> we, we need to go down the road a little bit to find out like, is it right for these tools? Because I think you, you, you put it perfectly there and make like, are people ready for it? Do they want to Google like that? You know, like Microsoft just jumped the gun on it. Right. And, and we'll see from there. I think it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. And yeah, Google working on it as well, uh, AI wise and have been using it in the background for a while. Um, and, Interesting thing, and again, I went down a rabbit hole. I read some articles and searched about it and stuff like that. There was a Twitter uh, feed about it as well. Um, and and this is not like I can't remember all the details of it, but basically, like people like, oh, you know, like Microsoft's going to win this AI thing, yada yada. Um, but apparently, like all the OpenAI stuff, again, insanely brilliant, very smart people here. Um, but a lot of the models that that one is using is based on research by Google. Like Google has been researching AI for years. Like so, a lot of the stuff. Is actually already, you know, like Google already in it. They just didn't commercialize it. Um, does this mean Microsoft is winning right now? I think in that department they are. But, you know, who knows when Google, you know, really starts uh, getting into that. Um, it was an interesting topic when I read up on it, like how much of it is actually, you know, true and, and can they utilize it the correct way and stuff like that. I don't know. We'll see. But the race has started and I think that's cool. Like you can see Google yeah. has, I think, yeah, I think they announced that it is now available in in if you have uh, the Google what's called a workplace workspace whatever thingy. Um, you know, with with all the, the internals there, you can actually use AI stuff in there as well. Uh, Microsoft is adding it to Loop. I don't know if you know about Loop, but Microsoft Loop oh, is yes, their competitor the, uh, to Notion. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That integrates together with all the other. It actually looked insanely cool. Really cool, the the thing I saw. Yeah. But they're integrating Copilot there as well. And Teams, the new Microsoft Teams, they just announced mm-hmm. that it's coming down the road and is in preview on Windows right now, integrating with Copilot as well. Notion, yeah. as a lot of us have been using for notes, et cetera, have AI built in as well. I think it's in preview right now where you can like you can start, you know, take a bullet point and it can do a blog post from this bullet point and stuff like that, you know, help you again. Um, and... Another application which I've been using a lot, it's um it's I think it's Mac OS specific. It's called Raycast. 
uh, Kevin uh, using it as well. Um, but it's like a spotlight on on you know just on steroids, the spotlight search you can bring up on MacBook to search files, etc. But it can do so much more. Um, mm-hmm. But they have integrated, and I just saw an update today, Chat GPT four underneath as well, and I've been using that as well. That is powerful. Just opening up the prompt and asking your things. And it can actually, like, if I had copied something on a web page and then I open Raycast, it'll have that context there. So, like, what I copied, it'll have that in a clipboard and it can just, you know, I could directly go in and say, translate this to another language or whatever, and it'll take it from there. Um, and having these tools at my fingertips, it's really powerful. I think it's so amazing. So, it's, I think yeah. this is the beginning, this is the race here. And I'm not saying that we'll be lost if we don't follow up on everything that's happening right now because I'm not going to use it in Excel, et cetera. But it's really, really cool to follow up on and see you know, what, what happens here. I mean, yeah. Um, I think uh, one thing you mentioned uh, was this, uh, that the race has started and I, I just thought that uh, this OpenAI, uh, do you know, actually, it's, it's, it's not owned by Microsoft, right? It's like no, I think they own forty percent of it, uh, if I remember ah, correctly. Okay. Yeah, they okay. have a lot of stock in it. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like an open thing, and everyone can use it. And and then Microsoft has just uh, incorporated the ChatGPT in their Bing search. So Google, Google could potentially use the same technology if they wanted, or yeah. maybe they also own something, some of it. I don't know. Yeah, actually. Um, Oh. Yeah, it's a good question. I I read up on it a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember, but I'm I'm I think Microsoft wants to have the majority in it. Okay. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Um, and I think Google is mostly, as you said, working on their own stuff. Uh, they have their own AI. I'm pretty sure they want to keep that in house. Yeah. Um, as They're much as possible. Right. <laughs> Um, and they have the yeah, I've been working on it for for a long time, yeah, as well. Uh, just not as as Paul said, just not commercialized it and hyped it like Microsoft did with uh, yeah. with OpenAI. I'm just wondering, like, how much are they actually uh, competing, and how much are they actually collaborating on stuff? Um, but I, I don't know. I was just wondering. Um, yeah, that, that's that's but, you know who knows, <laughs> but it is exciting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just if if we if we think about the the web and browsers now, they they are able to to talk together and collaborate and and yeah, not so much compete anymore. I think, uh, but but that's also a different story, right? So uh, I think the AI race, as you call it, is probably very very different and and new. So yeah, so I guess they are probably competing a lot. So uh, but yeah, it's exciting. But they just introduced plugins in ChatGPT. It's still, you know, locked behind, so not everyone has access to it yet. But that is insane. That's basically you could do a plugin for, like, say, um, Price Runner, because that's the thing we know here, right, where we can see prices across different, you know, for products. Like, if you want to buy a new TV, you can see it across hundreds of different retailers and stuff like that. But if you can plug that into there, then you can actually have, you know, ChatGPT work on that data because now you're telling it, you know, me as a user, you're allowed to access this data, right? Because there's a security thing in there as well, which I think is very cool. But they've like some of the plugins I saw was like, uh, like is it Expedia stuff like that? You know, for f- finding flights and etc. Stuff like that. Um, so now that they can do plugins and you can basically a company could plug it into their data, um, 
again, behind a login and stuff like that. And then users could actually use ChatGPT to work on their own data or, you know, access things in their own company and stuff like that. I think that's insane. Mm. That really opens up, like, because then you can actually have ChatGPT Google it for you if you wanted to, um, essentially, um, stuff like that. I think that opens up some really insane things. Yeah. One one thing I was uh, I heard also is that uh, they have like an, an, another issue that is around AI and this ChatGPT and I guess all of them is probably around uh, like uh, showing sources like where where data is coming from because it, yeah. it's uh, with all these uh, I'm not I am not at all an expert uh, but all these uh, neural networks that work together and they have they are combining information from so many places so the output is a mix of so many things so they can't say like it's from here or from here so like uh, giving credits to whoever owns uh, the information or where they found it uh, and that's kind of a problem uh, also for like uh, like competition and uh, like just you know uh, being able to to credit the right owner or like uh, author so um, that's something that would probably Maybe not be fixed, but uh, we'll see. Uh, but I think it's interesting. That's a hard topic, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. but you're right. I think my wife actually asked a good question because we tried the um, image generation API that Bing has as well. Uh, it works on DALI. It's a bit like uh, some of the other ones out there where you can generate images just by telling it mm. what you generate, and it will you know make something together. And it's quite amazing what it can do. Um, but she was like, what about the rights to these images? And I'm like, I actually, I don't know what the story there is, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest. It's like, um, but, but yeah, I, I, and just to, oh, not, I guess it's not strictly off topic, but just go down a story here. I read a story on Reddit from a 3D artist. Like he said, his, his entire um, function, you know, like his role just changed overnight. Um, when some of these image generation APIs and, and stuff like that, uh, AIs um, became a thing, right? And he said, like, he still has a job, of course, but it's different now. Like, it could take weeks to do 3D models. And I think this was for games as well, as, as Kevin touched upon. Um, and now he can do it in days, just telling that, oh, do a little bit of this, do a little bit of that, and it'll generate it for him. And then he could just touch up and do some fixes for it. And he was like, but I didn't become a 3D artist to do this, right? It's like his whole identity shifted. Like, and he, he didn't get fired, right? But his job changed dramatically. And he said his boss knew, right? Because it's it's money, right? They were a small startup. So, you know, it was either you do this or we replace you with someone who's fine doing it together with the AI because we're, we're saving weeks of work, right? But then the other thing is like, he's like, the thing that it generates, I don't know who else made this, you know, like who, where did the only thing come from, right? So he's just brushing up on things that it got from others, and, you know, it's been well known that, you know, like in design and drawings and all, like you steal from each other. We do that with code as well, right? You know, you get influenced by so many places that, you know, who originally made something is a little hard to discern, right? But but with this, it becomes even harder. It's like, I could imagine being an artist and again, models, you know, like because you can generate that as well. Like, is that market going to shift dramatically? You know, I, it, it's exciting to follow, but also a little scary, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I also saw this. Uh, so, sorry, you uh, touched upon games, which is also one of <laughs> me and Paul's big <laughs> hobbies. So now, uh, what going outside of web development again? But uh, <laughs> the the Unreal Engine, uh, Unreal Five, I guess it is now, which is used for a lot of games, like uh, as a game engine. Uh, I also saw a demo from somewhere around the same time as the facial animation stuff, where they 
where they basically gave it some assets like for trees and rocks and, and mountains and stuff like that. And then it could just generate like landscapes. Uh, you could just tell it to, yeah, generate like kilometers on kilometers of just <laughs> landscape based on just pure AI generation thing. Yeah. Uh, as you said, if you had to manually set that up as a like 3D artist, it would take a long, long, long time. Um, but yeah, and then there is the, yeah, there's big discussions of like, okay, then, but how much of it is, is then actually, how good is it? Like, it will still be better if we make this game level uh, manually and, and consider every, every little detail. It will be way more personalized and way more interesting than if AI does it. And yes, but we can do it like a thousand times faster. So is that worth it? And, you know, the mm-hmm. game will still sell, right? So it's, it's a very difficult topic and i think it's the same with web development as you to go back what you said like can it ever replace my job uh not right now no Uh, i think that the part with like design and what looks good is the difficult part in this because it is really good at functional code input output architecture too Uh, is hard right yeah yeah um but but yeah also uh, i think design is one of the hard parts too um but then in the end, you know, if you give it a Figma file and you say, these are all the screens and uh, it needs to have these kind of animations and it can already generate CSS for us. It's not something we would copy paste in and, and use it directly, but it can do that. Uh, and then I think it's again the question, if you can make a website in a week, that's maybe 80% as good of what we would custom build in half a year still probably worth it right <laughs> um yeah. so it, it's a question of like effort as you said with the 3d artist is like effort uh time effort versus output it, will it be as good probably not but is it good enough to sell then you're gonna make yeah. uh you know you can make uh 20 websites for the price of one right um yeah, yeah very interesting <laughs> And I think, like, uh, I, I, th- I sort of think of this as a new tool, uh, like, uh, almost like back in the days when the mechanical uh, calculator was invented, right? Then, then some, like, I guess probably also a lot of people was scared, like, oh, now our kids won't learn to, to uh, do multiplications and stuff like that. Uh, but it's like it's, it's just like a, a tool, right? That, that we can use to be more effective. Um, so, uh, but but it's in, it will be interesting to see like where we're at in like 10, 20 years if we are just AI trainers or like just, just telling AI problems. what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, yeah it's little, interesting. With a little more to the left, a little more here. Uh, so, <laughs> just uh, t- telling it to adjust. It's interesting with the calculator stuff as well, because then the argument back then was like, yeah, but you're not going to have a calculator everywhere you go. And now everyone has a phone with them. So yes, actually, I do have yes. a calculator everywhere I go. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That was the argument back then. And it's the same with this. I guess not the same with this stuff, because everyone has a phone, right? Everyone has access to, to uh, you, not have, you don't have internet literally everywhere, but here in, in Denmark, for example, is pretty much anywhere you are. Uh, now you have internet, yeah. so you do have access to it um, wherever you are, pretty much. 
Yeah, it's going to be fun. Like in 10 years, we're going to be like, we're, we're not going to be the ones trying to center a div in the browser, but we'll tell the AI to try and do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bane of web developers. But I think it's interesting, yeah, because it becomes a productivity thing, right? As, as I, I think I said a, a little earlier, right? It's not about, you know, like, uh, is it going to replace me right now? It's like, how can I utilize this to be more productive, right? Because I think it's already changing the way we work. Like, it's not like my day day to day work now is drastically different. But um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna segue a little into the copilot one because we haven't actually talked about that one a lot here. We, you know, um, but copilot right now I know that just announced a new version. But right now, copilot is a little different, right? It's not chat based. It's not you're you're not gonna have a conversation with it. But it's 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 at least the way I'm using it and the way I've seen it, right, is that it plugs into, you know, like a lot of public repositories and GitHub and it gets code from there and stuff like that. So you can start writing code and it'll suggest like the rest of the function where you can write a comment saying, you know, like sort sort these by first name, or whatever, and it'll suggest a function and you can just include that code in, you know, um, in your file. Um, and the way I've been using that is that because it's, I think what's cool is that it has the context of your repository, right? So when I'm starting to write something, uh, again, it's a little like I take it as an extension of the way TypeScript does it, right? Where you have the types. So you know that if you have an object of a certain type, you can start typing the property and it'll be like, oh, yeah, it's this one, or it can tell you if it's not there. But this one can do entire things like Copilot, like implement this interface, um, and it'll just do it based on what you just wrote. And stuff. so I'm saving, it's saving me time. Um, and from what I heard about the new Copilot X is that that one will, you know, use ChatGPT, I think, under underneath or some of the models as well. So it'll become much more conversational. And I'm just thinking that's that's going to be insane in my editor because it's going to have the context of my, because it'll, you know, multi-file and have the context of your repository. So you can actually, you know, like, it'll know when you're talking about an interface or something like that because it's there. I think that's insane. That's it's really saving me time already. And if it gets to know more of that and learns from it, you know, then then it it gets to a point where I start writing a class or a function and a, with a comment, maybe I just say, no, I should do this and it'll probably do it. <laughs> just like we've, you know, we we prompted ChatGPT to do, right? And, and it would do it and you can tell it to update and stuff like that. We'll get just that directly in our editors. Um, and, and a, a colleague as well over at our client said that he saw I think I didn't read up on it, but he did. Um, but again, with the new Copilot one, like helping do, you know, pull requests and stuff like that, automating all that based on it, it's going to be insane. I mean, that's, I'm interested to see how that boosts us. And because then it gives me more time to think about architecture and accessibility and other things uh, mm-hmm. and not just writing the code because that one gets, you know, done for me more or less. But yeah, still, you know, we still need to verify it, but yeah. And that's what uh, the personalized thing becomes really interesting because I, I never thought of it like that. But imagine if you had Copilot running in your editor or whatever, and you it actually it followed you throughout like a couple of projects or a couple of months of work, and actually knows how you write stuff and how you prefer to do stuff, and it will just like give you yeah. The next time, I'll give you a function the way you would write it, and you're like, instead of, of having it to having to update it, uh, so it actually knows how how you structure your code and how you yeah. you do things. So is, so when Kevin gets onboarded to a new project, uh, Copilot is just going to be like, do you want to just install Tailwind right now, or <laughs> yeah, it's just going to automatically do it. <laughs> it's just, it's yeah. done just when you get access to the repository. It's just it's done the PR and everything is there. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm gonna convert convert every every chap to a space room now, just as you like it, right? <laughs> oh no, oh no, oh no! <laughs> yes. Um, uh, but yeah, it is it is really interesting. I actually I bought access to Copilot now because of that, and because we're I I heard from our client over there that that, that because they they're getting an enterprise license that I'll probably get access to it from there as well. But I I just jumped in. I really want to try it out out and, and and see how I can work with it because I think it's uh, it's it's, imp- it's you know I'm I'm writing code faster than I did before, and it's not like I'm doing it wrong. It's still not. It's still not writing code, and I'm just—it's not fire and forget right now. I'm still verifying it, right? But it's helping mm. me, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's nice. Really, really nice. Um, I, I have a one. It's—it's it's not like I want to sound like the old grumpy man, but I do have one more <laughs> <laughs> like a concern around the yeah stuff in, in, in general. Uh, but. It's like uh, because I, I think like a lot of this AI stuff requires a lot of uh, CPU power and a lot of crawling of data and storing of data and and computing. So I'm, I'm just wondering like around the the sustainability uh, topic, like uh, that that is some probably something that that is is a downside uh, because it will probably take a lot of compute power to to help us. Um, so so I hope that that is something that they think about. Um, but I guess it's again time spent versus if it then does some of your work ten times as fast as you do. Yeah, there's then, definitely a calculation yeah, there. Yeah, there's, but it, it is yes, it is a. Yeah, but you don't go and about. and then turn off your your device when when you're done, right? What you don't you don't just say to the AI do my work and then you go skiing? Make it. <laughs> that would be nice. I would, I would, love, I would love that. Ah, the old grumpy man disappeared. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. It, it's I, I don't want to sound like like an old grumpy man, but it's just, it is something that uh, I think is is important to to think about at least. But um, I think you're and, right. Uh, yeah, it is important. Yeah, yeah. shouldn't forget. Yeah. But it's it's also hard as as a consumer of ChatGPT to do a lot about right. <laughs> of course, you can not use it, but but still, you you want to do it. So yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see like when it becomes well. It, I guess it's already pretty mainstream, right? But 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 when we st- it starts getting integrated in all these tools, right, and stuff like that, right? Because the Raycast one, as I mentioned, is actually using ChatGPT underneath, right? So that's the API hook up mm. there. And I've seen people on Twitter now already who got beta access and stuff like that is hooking into it and doing amazing things, right? So you're right; it's gonna it's gonna run the backbone of a lot of things without people maybe thinking about it or knowing it, like the mm. general consumer. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's uh, you know I, it's gonna be exciting to to see. But but I think uh, us as developers, at least, we should 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 we be afraid right now? I don't think so. But but I think no. we should start working with it and and you know because if our jobs shift a little like jobs do over time always have been always will in the future i guess um we'll just have to work a little differently or or you know make this a part of our toolbox is i I think is what i'm trying to say exactly yeah i think it's similar to the guy you talked about recent where you heard how his job kind of shifted uh when this becomes better and better it will take some of our work that, that we usually do manually. Um, so it'll be like, 
it won't be a job requirement won't be anymore like have three years of angular experience it will be like can you use this can you use ai as well because it'll save us a lot of time i think it'll be a part of like our job uh especially when it becomes more integrated when it run, runs directly in in your ide and it like can like copilot kind of does i haven't used it that much i tried it out once when they had a trial so i can't speak too much but i imagine when you're starting to write code it can give you like suggestions of like yeah this yeah. is how your function could look and blah 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 and just like you get intellisense but for like actual full functionality things then it's, it's of course something you should you should use i think it'll be a bit stupid to say no 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 i'm gonna write this myself now instead of you could just have it give you the function and then you could spend maybe 30 seconds just refining it how you want it or whatever so it is probably gonna be a lot more reviewing AI output, and uh, not so much writing everything from scratch. Uh, yeah. going forward. So, uh, yeah, and it, and it makes sense, yeah. right? Because we, we we've, we've talked about it before. I think how how a lot of a lot of things you you write in a function has been done before by someone else. You're just mm, kind of yeah. it's the same when you go to Stack Overflow. You're trying to find yeah. someone that had the same issue and needed the same kind of function or the same kind of thing and you copy paste it and adapt it now you just have someone do it directly in the ide yeah. so it's it's kind of so ai is just the modern way of copy pasting from to stack overflow <laughs> yeah i was i was <laughs> I gonna say pretty much, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> yeah. there's that one one joke about like you can't do your job just by googling things and then the developer sitting there like what <laughs> i do that every day but <laughs> So yeah. it's yeah, it is interesting though. Actually, Kevin, you mentioned Copilot here, and I, I would just urge you to, if you get to try it out again, um, if you're using VS Code, I don't think it's in WebStorm, but if you're using VS Code, there's a plugin there as well. I think it's Copilot Labs, something like that, where you actually get like buttons and, and you, it doesn't just do the intelligence thing, but you can actually mark up code and you can tell it like improve this or explain this code to me and stuff like that. It adds a lot of extra things or write a test for this and stuff like that. Um, Check out that tool; it's pretty cool. I'll, I'll uh, the next time yeah, we're at the I office think... together, I'll, sh I'll show you if, if, if you don't want to subscribe yeah, right that now. Sounds but, yeah, sounds good because that's where I need it the most. As I said, I will just write like a cop four or five super shitty filter reduce functions, and I just uh, highlight it in my editor and say, "Can you write this like a smart guy would do?" And then, then I have optimized <laughs> code, which is great. <laughs> and it'll tell you you're so, already smart, Kevin. I'm not going to change anything. But. Yeah, that's the next step of AI. Right? It's going <laughs> to tell you how good you are. Give, give you compliments. Yeah, yeah. you you can, can set just, the mood uh, for pretend. the AI, the pleaser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Oh, but yeah, we'll definitely try it out again. Um, cool. Um, I just thought of a, a like an AI meme I saw, uh, and. Uh, Maybe it's hard to explain, uh, but it's like uh, one, uh, like two two people sitting in front of a computer on, the, on each side, and the one said, "Like AI turns this single bullet point into a long email I can pretend I wrote," and then on the other side, AI makes a sim single bullet point out of this long email I can pretend that I read. <laughs> so it's like uh, I saw that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. So hopefully it will not be like that, but uh, maybe it will. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's going to be exciting. Right. I think, I think we've, uh, we've talked a lot about AI, actually a little more than I thought we, we, we could get around to, but it's been pretty fun and it, and we'll definitely touch upon this uh, going forward as well. I think, I think 
just because it's kind of changed up things for us. Uh, so we'll hear more about this in the future. Also, our experiences with it. It's going to be exciting to see, like, maybe if you get more bored with it again, or, or Kevin, you get, you know, co-pilot and stuff like that, and and, and we can chat up in the future about that. Maybe re- revisit it. Um, but yeah, I think that's uh, that's it from us. Uh, again, will it replace you right now? Like AI was as developers? I don't think so, but I definitely think you should check it out and and like we have and, and you know see if it can be part of your toolbox and learn how to 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 work with it. And uh, I think that's it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Codeflitters podcast. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends or add a review in your favorite podcast player. You can also find us on Twitter at Codesplitters or on our website, codesplitterspodcast.com. Until next time, take care.